welcome to episode nine of the third power. <laughs> episode nine. Yeah, we are back. You know, we are finally back from the grave. You know, we were we're in the graveyard for like a week or so, but we are back. You know, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we got flashback and bought back. <laughs> didn't didn't get removed from the game. That's right, not exiled. Removed from the game. Yeah, exactly. None of this exiled stuff. Exile crap. Yeah, forget that. Uh, in this episode, uh, episode nine. This episode is about kind of, uh, kind of cards we're not really the big, biggest fans of, like you know, kind of slaughtering some sacred cows, talking about you know, kind of riffing on some cards we don't like, kind of thing. Yeah, aka cards that we can't stand or that we hate or make us want to vomit or any other kind of strong things. Yeah, we're definitely going to be slaughtering some, uh, slaughtering some sacred cows, and I'm sure we're going to step on the toes of a card that you love too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you, oh, I can think of at least one or two that I'm going to say that people are going to be like, what? Yeah. I, I love that card. I don't know if mine has anything like that, but I don't know. There, there's some cards in there I definitely don't like. Uh, before, before we get into, you know, the, the meat of the episode, first, thank you again to, uh, Luke Saunier, who does the, uh, podcast reviews on, uh, on Mana Nation. And as it turns out, like, I thanked, I told somebody else who is an accountant, you know, congrats on passing the CPA. But okay. as it turns out, I was thinking of him. And congrats to Luke for passing the CPA. <laughs> like, I forget. Congratulations to all the accountants out there who may have passed their uh, CPA or done something that they're proud of. How's that? Yeah. Like, I think, isn't this, I think the CPA is like four tests or something. It's It's not fun, I think. It's kind of like the bar or something. It's yeah. Uh, and thing number two, uh, we actually met up, Anthony. And we actually met up in Star City or the the Star City Games Open in Memphis. Yeah, good times, man. Speaking of meat, we had some awesome uh, rendezvous ribs and and barbecue nachos and that stuff one night too. So yeah, barbecue nachos are by the way the greatest thing ever. Like if you guys have never had barbecue nachos, like yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the greatest they're, thing ever. They're worth it. I, yeah. I, I admit I was a little surprised that I didn't feel as nearly in danger of getting shot as I thought I would in Memphis. <laughs> I thought I would have had to have turned my city sense back on from, from you know, my rough and tumble upbringing in, in Philadelphia, you know, where you don't make eye contact and you don't smile at people. Other than the randomless, random homeless guy who wanted to give us high fives and sell us drugs, we really didn't have too too many problems with uh, vagrants except for a bunch of uh, overweight guys with facial hair and backpacks. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you've never been to a big Magic tournament, I think the ratio of overweight people with beards is compared in, in a Magic tournament compared to the number of people. The ratio compared to real life ratio, I think, is like close to asymptotic to Anthony. <laughs> like, just oh, there are so many. I don't think I've ever seen that many like overweight overweight people with beards in one place in my life. Like, <laughs> granted. I'm, you know, I'm just missing the beard or whatever, but wow, <laughs> wow. I don't know. Just wanted to get that out there. So oh, okay. maybe, works. maybe, maybe y'all can take a notice and see if, uh, see if you see that too next time you're attending a large magical gathering. Well, I guess I might as well mention that I, uh, I did a draft open and like scrubbed out first round. <laughs> oh man, you were pissed too. Oh, I was like, dude, uh, blue, like game one, uh, Essentially, the three one. He like I was in almost mono blue. Like blue was so open, it was retarded. And then 
I think a splashing red, you know, kind of red as a minor color. And then he essentially got, uh, he was infect, uh, essentially got me low on poison with, uh, Teljalad, uh, Fallen, the 3-1 pro artifact guy. And I, I was like, okay, come on, one time dealer, give me a, give me not a robot. Droop, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it was like a robot or some insignificant thing. I was like, ugh. And because I, I think I was going for a slow game plan, like I had Decimator Web, and I think I milled some stuff, and I was like, "Wait a minute, dude's playing four mana Fog main deck, like what is this?" And then second game, dude blew me out with like I had an Alpha Strike. Okay, I'm like, uh, you know, it was in the tank, and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna Alpha Strike for the win." Dude plays that terrible Fog, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What is this?" And then cracks back. Uh, for five poison, which put me at nine, and then uh, pissed to strike me for the win, and I was not happy about it. I, I, I was, it took me some time to get off that tilt, but I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. But maybe I don't know. I'm not really a huge fan of of the scars of Mirrodin uh, limited environment anyway, so I don't know. Yeah, I've played so little of it. I didn't even want to do the draft opens, even though talking to people beforehand and afterwards, everyone called me an idiot for not doing it. But at that time, I was already enough on tilt. Yeah. Not necessarily tilt, but just like done with playing non-cube magic because of the uh, my adventures and awfulness regarding the uh, the constructed opens. That so you know I was done with it. I, yeah. We did get a lot. Instead, we just though. cubed a bunch. We cubed with my cube, cubed with Usman's cube, and uh, you know I got to. Uh, I'll talk about one of the plays later and my things I don't really like. So yeah. Well, you know, let's. I think we should get going here. Let's go on and uh, let's do our uh, weekly crack-a-pack. All right, here we go, crack-a-pack. So we're using my cube for this one, of which I got some uh, very, very nice foils this weekend. So I think we're we're just about at capacity. I'll uh, maybe I'll say more about it later on in in the blog or some other things. But here we go, crack-a-pack. Here we go. Card number one, Vendillion Click. Card number Hmm. two, Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth, Trigon Predator. Selesnia Sanctuary, Big Foams, Fulminator Mage. Fulminator Mage, nice. Big Foams, Wickerboro Elder. I love that creature so much. Same. Here's another one I really like that people put down all the time, Pristine Angel. Here's a Bonkers Unhinged card, Gifts Given. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I've never cubed it with that card, actually, but, like, I've heard, like... Horror stories. Yeah, it's, you know, as long as you're not stupid and just using it as a 4x extract and you oh, try God. to do fun things with it, then it's, then it, it deserves to stick around. Another bonkers card, but for different reasons, Deranged Hermit. Oh, yeah. He's kind of bonkers because, you know, he's deranged and all. <laughs> uh, Azorius Chancery. Two bounce, two bounce lands. Orzov Basilica. Three. Three. Wow. Albino Troll. Uh, Dromaz Charm. Uh, is that the Esper one? Yes, it is okay. the Esper one. So gain five life, counter a spell, or a neg two, neg two a creature. Okay. Skin render. Ah, I like that. Card. And finally, Lotus Cobra. Huh. So I think we have a nice little, uh, nice little mix of cards here. One interesting thing is there's there's nothing really. Oh, I was gonna say there's no white cards, but there's Pristine Angel. Never mind. Right, and you know, I don't think I, I'm I'm taking pristine pristine angel first. You know, pack one, pick one. It's not Ravnica draft, so we're not taking a bounce land. Pack one, pick one. No. Um, as much as I like bounce lands, like we'll we'll wait on those. Uh, I do like Fulminator Mage, but we're not taking him. Pack one, pick one either. No, no. Um, Grand Arbiter. 
I'm not taking him, pack one, pick one. Um, if I'm taking a green card, I'm probably not taking Deranged Hermit, pack one, pick one. Um, I feel like Lotus Cobra is the uh, Lotus Cobra or maybe Albino Troll. I mean, heck, even Wicker Bow Elder is pretty. I was gonna say Wicker Bow is is pretty nice too. But I feel like all I would take all of those cards before I would take a five man and deranged hermit. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. But I do way. love deranged hermit, but yeah, I can. Like maybe we can. Yeah. I mean, he's very good, but you know we can't. Obviously, he's best in, uh, you know, specific archetypes. I mean, obviously, he's at his very best in blink archetypes, but you or know. a recurring nightmare. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I should be taking one of the other green cards. I feel like Lotus Cobra is a green card that can see play in both the aggressive decks and the the ramp decks. Mm-hmm. So if if we want to think about it from that viewpoint, I feel like that's that's the card I want to be taking. Even though I guess we could say the same about Deranged Hermit, that he could be the top of an aggro curve. I feel like Lotus Cobra is just the more powerful card because people, let's be honest, people aren't going to let that card live if they can help it. No. Oh, uh, and, and speaking of which, uh, this kind of reminds me of the whole. Uh... I never had a chance to really cube with Abyssal Persecutor before until uh-huh. this weekend, and I was so impressed with it. I was like, wow. Because, yeah, it's another card, like, you know, I, I've heard arguments like, oh, you can just let it live, or you can just, you know, counter everything. Most of the time it was, like, dead on board, or uh, I'll play something that kills it to kill you. Yeah, and there's so many different cards that, you know, you'd have to play around so many different cards. And let's be honest, people don't have that many counter spells in their in their, uh, in their decks. So. Yeah. Precisely. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way while I thought yeah, no of it. I'm like, oh yeah, kill it ASAP. Um, I do really like Trigon Predator, but I feel like if I want that kind of creature, I would rather just have Vendillion Click. Yeah, and especially since it's, it's a two-color card, and like, I think for two-color cards, they have to be like really good splash cards. And sure. Trigon Predator, like, I'm not, I mean, I'll splash it, I guess. I mean, it's a great Don't get me wrong, I really like him. Yeah, but... I mean, I think he's a good card, but I'm not going to... Sp- I'm not going to be like, yeah, splashing Trigon Predator, woo! Right, but I'm like, a, if I'm taking a three-mana flyer out of this pack, it's been billion click. Yeah, for sure. For me. Uh, click, I, would definitely... I think Dromar's Charm I have to cut just because it's three colors and there's no way I'm taking a three-color card now. Yeah, no, no, sir. So so that leaves us with uh, Click, Gifts ungive, or gifts Given, sorry, uh, Wicker Bow Elder, Albino Troll, Lotus Cobra, and Skin Render. Hmm. No, I think all these like, cards are very good. Yeah, I think I think for sure. Uh if I had to guess, like I don't know. Like I think skin render is kinda safe to cut. Like I don't think it like for me looking at the rest of the pack, like for me it's down to I think V click, Gifts Given, and Lotus Cobra. Like I'm pretty fine cutting the rest. Like I think Wickerbow's great, but I don't mind cutting it. Sure. Uh, I know I'm Troll the same that. way. Like I think Troll is really good. And I think some people are kind of like some people can get down on the echo cards. They're like, oh, these, these are if pay twice and then it dies or whatever. But I'm paying two mana for. I mean, I'm paying two four mana in installments for a three three regenerator. I'm more than fine with that. Yeah, I mean, but I, card, card is definitely very good. But once again, I think if I'm taking a two drop out of this pack, um, uh, yeah, it's gonna be Lotus Cobra. Yeah, I'm probably taking Lotus Cobra here. Like Lotus Cobra is pretty uh pretty awesome. Yeah, the thing is about Skin Render is. You know, I, I think about it and I think to myself, well, the card it's obviously most compared to all the time is Flame Tongue Kabu. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's got a very similar effect. And that's not, they're not the same card. But, um, I feel like, would I take Flame Tongue Kabu first overall? Absolutely I would. Mm-hmm. The thing you is, can splash it so easy. 
Right. That's a big part of it is that it's, it is very, very splashable. It does four instead of three and it's four power instead of three. Yeah. So I, I think Flame Tongue is definitely has the advantage in, in that fight for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we can cut skin render. I'm, I'm down with not taking skin render. I mean, it is interesting that it's literally the, you know, there's a black red card, but skin render is the only black card in the pack, but I really don't care about that pack one pick one so much. No, yeah, I, I agree. And if anything, I actually care that there are only two blue cards in the pack. I think, That's true. I, I, you know, being a kind of a, a spiky magic player, I, I kind of like being blue if I can. <laughs> and I think yeah. this pack allows us to do exactly that. The thing is, the choice then for me would be between, I think, click and gifts given. And, and I was going to ask you, given, like, uh, hysterically fun. Um, it is, you know, borderline broken at times, but I've also cast it at times, you know, where I'm just like, eh, I don't know, this, this, and this. And yeah, it's just, you know, I just do it to draw two cards. But, you know, it's also done insane things for me as well. So this is really tough for me because Gifts Given is also pretty darn splashable. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't know. Having never played the card, I think if I were to see this pick one P1, uh, I would. I think I would try Gifts Given, A, because it's splashable, and B, to give it a shot. But it seems, I mean, from what I've heard, again, it's a card that I've heard is very powerful. But, again, my personal experience of it, is somewhere between zero and zero. Sure. But I, I think honestly, and I, you know, like I've heard that it's like better than gifts ungiven. And say if it was V click versus gifts ungiven, I would probably take gifts ungiven. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if gifts given is better, then I mean I don't know how good logic that is. That's probably it may just be the worst logic ever, but I'll I'll use it. I guess. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but I don't know. I think that's. Like, I think I would go Gifts Given, but I would be happy with either. Yeah, I feel the same way, too. I mean, I love Vendillion Click. It's one of my one of my favorite creatures uh, in the cube. I, it's just one of my favorite creatures in general. Uh, in, in Constructed, you know, in... Uh, I just really like the card. But it would be really hard for me here to pass the Gifts Given, um, just because it is so... Ins- like, it's insane for a lot of different reasons. Like, the mechanics of it are insane... You know, it's an unhinged card, and you know you get to do really stupid stuff. Like, have I ever have I ever told my gifts given story on the podcast? I don't think I don't think you've told me yet. Oh, okay. Uh, real quickly before we move on from this crack pack, so I, I want to go with gifts given here as well. As much as I like Vendillion Click, because um, even though I feel like Click can fit in multiple archetypes, I feel like we can we can be just fine playing gifts and given even if we're not blue necessarily. Um, so I'm playing. I'm a blue green deck, and I have. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I have six mana on the table. Yes, six mana on the table, no lands in hand, and I'm playing against a a uh, kind of a black rampy type deck. Like I think it's I think it's uh, just about mono black. So with a bunch of artifact creatures. So end of turn, I gifts given him, and the cards I take are you know like Triskelion, uh, Masticore. Swamp Dark Ritual. Hmm. So obviously he just snapped. You're not getting these artifact creatures that I can use. That you know I can use to wreck his board of small guys. Like just no way. Like just immediately pitches those. So I take the Swamp Dark Ritual. What he doesn't know in my hand is a, a Tooth and Nail. So I play Swamp Ritual, tap my lands, and twine Tooth and Nail. <laughs> 
what what did you get with the tooth and nail? You know, uh, something that made him immediately concede. <laughs> I, I don't remember quite what it was at this moment, but it was something absurd. Like wow. <clears throat> But he's just like, ah, I'm not letting you have these cards. Uh, I think it might have been like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't mono. I'm, I'm thinking he was multiple colors. One of them might have been Sundering Titan. Oh, it might have been like Sundering Titan Eternal Witness or Sundering Titan, like, uh, uh, what's the, the big stupid one that blows up a non-creature when it comes into play and has... Oh, Duplicant? No, 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 no the, no, the green non- one. Oh, Primus. Primus. It might have been uh. like... It might have been like Primus and Sundering Titan or something like that. And he's just like, yeah, screw this. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Game over, geez. So, so yeah, that's that's how you that's how you use gifts given for fun, not just. Well, I'm just going to take his four threats out of his deck. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, let's wow. uh, let's 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 get going here to the to the meat of the subject here, to the rotten meat of the subject of uh, yeah. <laughs> cards that give me agita, give me heartburn, like really spicy wings and. Ugh, just, ah, I just don't like seeing, I don't like playing them, I don't like seeing them. I understand sometimes why people, other people like them, but, ugh, I can't stand them. Before we do, I'm just gonna, like, define a few concepts that we'll probably use. Uh, we've gone over them before, like, uh, and, and these are pretty much, you know, pretty much ripping them off of limited resources, but, you know, bad props to limited resources, I'll give them credit. I'm not gonna pull a Mencia or anything. Uh, you know, the idea of a BCSM, you know, best case scenario mentality, and the worst case scenario mentality, and which I've talked about before, and also something I probably haven't is being rotty, which because uh, Marshall plays a lot of poker, and you know there's being uh, you know there's a pitfall in being re- too results oriented, you know if like you keep a bad hand and you go all in with it and you win and someone goes like oh my god uh, a a two seven offsuit is amazing, and you know it's just like well it's not amazing it's just you. You got lucky on the river or whatever. Sure. And it's just, you know, a lot of being being rotty is definitely it's definitely an important thing to know when you're looking at cards. Like you can you can say like, hey, this card won me the game. This card is good. What are you talking about? Like I cast this and I won. It's like okay, that that, that doesn't necessarily mean the card's good in cube. It just means you won with it. Right. You happen to get there, and if there's a you know. There are likely a whole list of cards, laundry list of cards that were better than the card that you won with. You know, yeah, exactly. It's but like, just oh, so happened have... that that one was correct in that situation. And to quote some uh, poker people, you know, speaking of the river, is you know, without the river, you can't have any fish. So <laughs> I like that. That's true. You definitely, you definitely need a you need the river, which is why you know versus system is no longer around as a game, but Magic is because you get to uh, you get the river people out in Magic, the not so much. Versus, so. All right. Well, true. I I know you have a a big soapbox that you'd like to get on as far as uh, this whole BC uh, BCSM thing. All right, so I get on it then. <laughs> so I I figure maybe we'll we'll lead it off with with you leading off with this one, and hopefully this will be this will likely be the longest one of the <laughs> of the of the of the cast. I don't know of the we'll podcast see. history, like double double shot stuff like this. But, oh, uh, and uh, before I forget. Uh, we we have our, our new intro. It was composed by uh, I, I'm an idiot. I don't remember his name. It's like David something Jones, and he composed it. And he the title of the song is uh like something on my soapbox or getting on my soapbox. And uh, mad props to him. I think it's like David something Jones. But, well, we're my, gonna my, make sure that you look him up 
and uh, give him his his due props in the show notes and a, oh, yeah, for sure. and a link to his website and all that stuff. And and uh, I'll apologize for Usman in advance that he can't remember your freaking name. Yeah, I could look it up on Twitter, but I don't feel like I'm looking it up. His Twitter name is hyphen Jones. If that helps, and definitely I'll link all that in the show notes. But he's done a bunch of other like chip tunes, and like I checked out his page and then clicked on it, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. And I was like, hey, can you make a, a podcast, like a theme song? And he's like, yeah, sure. Soapbox that I'm going to get on, and it's kind of three cards in one, because they play a pretty similar role. Uh, Blightsteel Colossus, Darksteel Colossus, and Inkwell Leviathan. But, like, Usman, these cards are amazing when I play them on turn three when I tinker them. They win yeah. games all the time. These creatures are among the scariest creatures in the cube, why aren't they any good? Why do you hate them so much? I win so many games when I tinker them out on turn three. Well, the thing is, like, and, and I think I asked you this before, like, like I use an analogy with these cards and the, the whole party analogy, and I don't know, do, did you think that was a good analogy? Should I just use that? I mean, you can use whatever you like. This is your soapbox, my friend. That's true. All right, soapbox it up. Okay, the analogy that I use for these cards in terms of the whole tinker factor is, like, let's say you go to a party. You know, you're like you have a friend who invites you, or you know, some somebody you're on a date with, or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go to this party. It's a bunch of my friends, and blah blah blah. Let's let's go there and have a good time." And you go there, and the party, you know, it's pretty decent. You know, it's not, it's, it's you know, it's a party. I mean, it's all right. You know, it's a ha- having a pretty good time. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go and smoke or something, or I'm gonna go uh, get some something from the fridge or something. I'll be back." And then. At that moment, you just kind of look around, and you're like, wait a minute. This party isn't good at all. Like, this this party sucks. Like, once that thing that kind of kept you in it is gone, mm-hmm. you're just kind of looking at it more objectively, like, wait a second, this party is, is pretty terrible. Like, I don't I don't really like these people. <laughs> like, these are just kind of people I tolerated because my, my friend or my date or whatever was with me. Sure. And, that, and that's what I kind of feel happens with... Like the the uh, like the ink, inkwell blight steel dark steel thing is like, for example, with inkwell leviathan, if it was just a nine mana creature, if it was like a like a kraken, or if it was just a regular leviathan, not artifact creature, just a dude, would you run it in your cube? Probably uh, a resounding no. Probably like no. What are you talking about? Not I, particularly no. No, and I think that's one of the things with BCSM is like. You can you can sell yourself on a card like you can go and say like oh I can reanimate it and it's nuts like I can uh you know reanimate it from my grave I can tinker it and then it's so scary it's like nine mana and it has has evasion and eleven toughness and it's like how often like again it's just like how often are you getting tinker with the Leviathan or the Blight Seal especially Blight Seal like you're never hard casting that ever because that card is just terrible. I mean, it's just like how much mana is there? I don't even know the casting. It's like twelve or something. I don't. I don't know. Some some number that's greater than the amount that I'm willing to spend for it. Yeah, and that's the thing with like, especially with dark steel. Like, I think when I started building my cube, I remember seeing it, and I was just like, this card is horrible without tinker. And that's the thing. Like, even it's one of those things to be very important is not is to look at the overall effect and not just sell yourself on a card. Like, say for example, Inkwell Leviathan has you know evasion or whatever. Like, how important is that? Like, how important is its 11 toughness when you're casting it? Like, let's say you cast it on turn 9. And that's the other thing. Like, say it's an OMG scary creature, Inquil Leviathan, at, you know, whatever. 
it's nine mana. It, it it had better being priced. If like, for example, like Terastodon, uh, Primus, Acroma, uh, Hellkite, all of these have an immediate effect and they cost eight. But Inkwell doesn't even do that. Like it has Trample, but okay, whoop whoop de doo. I don't really care. Like it's not getting the job done. Doesn't yeah. have Island Walk too. Yeah, that's the evasion that I was referring to. Is that? Uh, but it also has Trample, which I guess is a form of evasion. But sure. yeah, I'm just not really a fan, like especially Blight Steel. Like, yeah, you can get out with Sneak Attack and win. I I don't think Sneak Attack's really good enough anyway. And even if you can reanimate it with some kind of like mannequin or something, how often are those pieces coming together? I'm gonna say not that often. And that's yeah, the same thing with Inkwell. Like, it's scary, yes, but it's just like, well, it's how often is that happening? And also uh, with other big finishers, like for example. Uh, Sun, like Sundering Titan, Battlesphere, uh, Steelwind. Like uh, when we were playing my cube, you got uh, Steelwind out like turn two or something, turn three, mm-hmm. and I died. I was like, well, okay. But in any old Esper deck, I'm or like, I'm happy to splash it. I could go a like, blue white splash black for uh, Inkwell and maybe like a, I mean a Steelwind and like Steelwind, a Shriek yeah. Maw, yeah, Shriek, Shriek Maw and like a Steelwind or something. By the and way, you're also just to interrupt. Uh, you're not mannequining any sort of Colossus because they uh, shuffle instead of getting put in your graveyard. Well, that's the thing you do in response to the trigger, right? Like, it's a replacement effect. Oh, even worse. <laughs> so you don't uh, you don't get that opportunity. Oh. Because it says instead on the card. Ah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't hit and then trigger. It says instead. So uh, Okay. Yep. Was it? Did like Emmercool have that or something though? Yeah, one of them. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, they're all I, terrible. I usually like, ignore twelve to fifteen mana cost creatures. Oh, and and, <laughs> and that's the point. Like also, like when I edited the thing in the aggro episode, like, and I said, you know, if you add Emmercool in, it'll make your uh, converted mana cost shoot up. The thing I should have also added is, don't play Emmercool. That card is terrible. Yeah, Emmercool. I mean, I'm I'm willing to listen to Kozilek and Ulamog. I'm actually willing to listen to arguments for those two. But Emrakul... Yeah, 15 mana, good luck with that. Like, Or, like, Artisan. Like, I think Kenny Mayer's running that in his cube. Like, Artisan and Kozilek, and I think that one's fine. But I think, you know, Kozilek is the one that I would run. And even then, I'm not really too huge on it. Like, it's essentially just for the control mirrors. And I don't... You know, if, if control mirrors are a big part of my metagame, which they aren't, but if they were, then I think something's got to change. And I don't think I think if you know control mirrors are like so such a huge part of the metagame where like Kozilek is like an all star because he dominates the control ma- mirrors like something mm-hmm. something's going on like that's something that needs to be fixed. Right. All right. I think I'm done with my soapbox. Uh, don't don't play horribly expensive robots. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. So <laughs> take your shots. All right. <laughs> now we're we're definitely stepping on some toes here because I know for a fact that people are gonna like one of these cards that I'm gonna talk about right now. And everybody knows that one of them, for the most part, is pretty terrible. But everyone, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people I talk to, however, are in love with the other one when they're very similar cards. Um, And the cards I'm referring to are Meddling Mage and Pithing Needle. Ah, my ears. (laughs) Oh, just Meddling Mage, like, why? first of all, like, if bears are good enough for your cube, get better cards. Yeah. If, well, it kind of reminds me of the thing that, like, you and uh, and Prosac, OMG name drop, were talking about 
with like he said like if you use Oros or something like the wedge dragons, he's like if you're using that, get better rules. Right. Like get better cube construction rules because that card is stinky. Yeah. I mean, it's just random six hard to cast six six flyer for six that has some random ass you know you know, uh what is the card? Uh Sun Sunlands sun everything. Yeah, Sunlands everything. Sunlands everything for three. Like what? <laughs> Ugh. Like there's just no reason that to have to need that card in your cube. Maybe we'll get something out of those wedges in uh these commander decks. I but hope so. but like meddling mage, it's like guess what? It's a Highlander environment. <laughs> it's you know, you're going one for one on naming a card that people might cast or might want to play. And while Needle is a little bit better because you actually get to deal with problem permanence, uh it is so reactive to me. Like I I, I just don't like super reactive cards. Uh I feel like when you're playing Magic, you just want to be proactive most of the time. Um, even control decks have some, you know, proactivity to them because, you know, you're always ramping your mana or drawing some cards and sculpting your hand and doing that kind of stuff. And I feel like Needle is just like this, oh, well, they played something, so I'm going to name it so they can't play with their toys anymore. And and then they play something that's better, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> What am I going to do about that now? Like, I just, uh, I, I just, I just feel like it's so reactive and so mediocre. Like, I uh, just, it, it's a reason why I don't play, you know, some of the straight up like naturalized cards or whatever either. Is because you you can literally sit there forever waiting for a good enough target to pull the trigger and. And what inevitably happens with those cards, especially in a Highlander draft format, unlike Constructed, where you pretty much know what your opponent's decks are and what they're going to play, and you're like, well, you know, I know they have this in their deck, so I'm going to preemptively name Jace the Mind Sculptor, or if I'm going to preemptively, you know, pre-name Sword of Feast and Famine, you know what I mean? Or if Meddling Mage were legal, maybe you just uh, name Squadron Hawk right away, you know what I mean, against a lot of decks. But in, in Cube, where you don't have that redundancy... This the reactive one for one answer is not where I want to be. Well, I think it's good against planeswalkers. Like it definitely shuts down planeswalkers and like sure, and and, it, and that's where its value is is the fact that it's one of the few cards that actually straight up answers planeswalkers by itself. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm personally a lot more of a fan of uh, the uh, revoker. Like yes. it's a, it's a body and it's really you know it does. I mean, a two one for two isn't the best body in the world, but I mean it gets there. Yes, I mean, and I actually run Revoker, and I think it's awesome, and it's been very and it's been very good because you know what, it attacks for two. It's like one of my favorite things in Magic. Yeah, it's, it's, your, it's one of your hobbies. One of my hobbies, attacking for two. Like you get to do that and shut down. And I've cast that even just this weekend in Memphis multiple times. I cast that card on something that had a mana ability, and they're just like, oh, huh, like. Opponent got, what for example, one time, opponent got stuck on land, missed a land drop, um, and then tutored up a, uh, tutored up a signet, and so I just dropped Revoker, naming Simic Signet. Ah. <laughs> and he proceeded to die, like, three turns later, because, you know, he didn't draw another, you know, didn't draw more than, like, one more land and got stuck on three mana. When, yeah. when that, you know, a needle wouldn't have done, one, a needle wouldn't have shut it off, two, a, uh, yeah, probably, uh, not attacking for two either. So 
Yeah, like I think, like I'm running it in my cube, and I think it's like I think it's fine. Like as if anything as a as a planeswalker, like uh, a way to deal with planeswalkers. But yeah, a I def- I I like Revoker a lot more, and B. I guess it kind of gets into that point of kind of selling yourself on a card, like with Inkwell or whatever. It's like, say it shuts down uh, the... Let's say your opponent has an Una, Queen of the Fae, uh-huh. and then you play Pithing Needle, naming uh, Una. How useful is that in that situation? I mean, and I, of course I understand that it's a flexible Sure, card. sure, I mean, it stops that ability, but you know what? They still have a big freaking dragon on the other side of the table. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like, oh, like... You know, obviously with Planeswalkers, it just shuts them down completely. But the question is, is like, how much of the cards are actually neutralizing? And that ultimately, I think, depend makes determines its worth. Like, sure. What and it's I, shutting and I down. I have found more often than not, people remember those stories of, oh man, I was so dead to his Umazawa's Jitta, but then I drew my needle, so I won. Like, yeah, and yeah. that's just being and that's just being rowdy. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, okay, but I found, you know. I mean, I've, I've played a lot of Magic, and I feel like a lot of times when I play stuff like that, uh, whenever I finally pull the trigger on something, because it's really hard to wait for the right moment to. Um, it, it's kind of like playing Control um, in Magic. Like, do I counter that? How much does that matter? Do I Wrath his two guys now? How much does that matter? Um, do I Pithing Needle that now? How much does that matter? Because this is my only answer for stuff like that in hand. And if they immediately just go, oh, thanks, sucker, and immediately drop something better, I'm going to work myself in the face for not holding on to the needle. Then again, you know, there are times where it's like, well, how many times do I want to get hit by him moving Bone Splitter around until I'm tired of it? But then as soon as I do it, they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, Johnny Vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So GG. that's, yeah, I, that, that's why I don't like those cards. Ugh. Understandable. Like, like I, don't like I said, I'm running, I'm running needle, but you know, I like Revoker a lot more. <laughs> All right, I gotta go take some Harper medicine. Move on to the next one. Oh Get yeah, on. just from talking about needle. Uh, one of the cards, and this kind of came from a discussion on MTG Salvation about like the wraths, you know, like the, you know, the wrath effects, the mass removal or whatever, and you know, just like which one of these should I run or which one should I cut? And it was like Austere Command, Route, Sunblast Angel, and Acroma's Vengeance. And he's like, well, I don't want to cut Sunblast Angel because it's an, a creature, and uh, I don't want to cut Austere Command because it's a uh, – I forget why exactly. I forget. It was some some reason. Because it's, I, I mean, I'm sure it was something along the lines of, but Usman, it's so flexible. It does exactly what I need it to do at all times because this, uh, this one time at Bandcamp, my opponent <laughs> had a flute and a cat in play. Oh and no! Kill them both. Oh, that's a game over. I think that's. I, actually, I don't remember if that was the reason why, but I remember people were arguing. Arguing? Favor, arguing? Yeah, arguing. <laughs> they were. They had an argument, and they're arguing. <laughs> <laughs> that card is so bad; it's making me mix my words. <laughs> the bad card, of course, being uh, austere command, aka awkward command. Yeah, I think awkward command's a nice name for it. And that, I mean, again, like I don't think it's horrible. But I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, when we talked about in the aggro episode, was, like, you only have room for so many, like, if you're going to, like, have a ton of mass removal effects, ton of wraths or whatever, it's not going to really represent white that well. So, I mean, it's better to not have infi wraths. A lot of them are just bad. Like, six man. I mean, I under, you know, obviously windmill slam and draft, but this ain't, you know, this ain't Lorwyn draft. I mean, this ain't, your, this ain't your mama's draft format. 
Yeah, and unless, her find- mom, unless her mom cubes, and if so, she's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, Oscar. The the problem with Oscar Command is like, sure, you can set up the dream scenario where you uh, blow up all their six drops and their enchantments or something, and then you get the uh, you get the OMG blowout. But most of the time, it's done as just a wrath. And granted, there is that flexibility, but I mean, it is, and I think that's something people tend to forget, is like they, when there's an added cost, they're just like, oh, it's just one more mana, that's fine. But I mean, I, I think one of those things you really need to think about in Cube is not to think in terms of being Timmy, is in terms of being Spike. And it's just like, yeah, you're paying, you know, somebody who might be thinking, quote unquote, thinking Timmy, maybe like, oh, but you just paid two more mana, but you get all this effect. But on the other hand, Spike is thinking, yeah, it's two more mana. I mean, that's like, what, 50% more or whatever costs. It's ridiculously high. And it's right. just not 50%, worth it. Right, you know, 50% more than Wrath of God. Yeah, then, yeah for the, Wrath For the Day. same effect. And, 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 and yeah, it's, you just, that's the baseline effect that, you know, at least I found when we played it, is it was just six mana Wrath. That is the yeah. thing it did more than anything else. And it's like, sorry, that's not good enough. The... Being able to, and I, and I think the dream scenario that you're talking about is the, well, I'm going to wrath all, away all their little guys and their, you know, equipments, but I'm going to get to keep my Oblivion rings and, you know, and my big dudes. And uh, sorry, that that doesn't happen. Yeah. At, least we never, at least I never found that way around here. So well, Like, I'm a much bigger fan of uh, Akroma's Vengeance. The one that just kills everything. And granted, I'm not cycling it that much. But it's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't hurt. It's like Sarstorm when you cycle on that, which is also nice. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, like people have defended the card. Both cards said they cycle it a decent amount. And I don't, I don't do it as much. But the one of the things about that I find useful, very useful about Akrima's Vengeance and why it's in my cube is that it kills everything dead, like game over. Navinral's disc not having to uh un- wait a turn untap. Everything is just dead. You know, game over. Kill your kill your uh, enchantments or whatever, you know, hide your kids, hide your wife, everything's right. dead. He's dead, your family's dead. Yeah, <laughs> your friends are dead. They're your friends are dead, their toys are dead, everything's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I'm not a really big fan of Austere Command and Cube. Like I see it in cubes a decent amount and I'm just like, no, I, I uh I yeah, it's just completely awkward because it never does everything that you wanted to do. Yeah, like I, I, I definitely like the nickname "awkward command." Yeah, That's awkward really command. Yeah, awkward. It's really funny, awkward. Because, like you know, you know when they first came out, we just like snap included all of the commands. You know what I mean? Because all oh, these cards were all awesome, and then slowly but surely we figured out like which ones were terrible, and uh, yeah. austere was the last one to go. You know, pretty quick. We're like, yeah, red one, pretty, uh, pretty stinky. You know, green one, eh. I mean, half a plow under is still only half a plow under. Plow under is freaking amazing, and yeah. half of a plow under wasn't—I don't know—wasn't good enough. So like, we're not a big fan. But austere command held on for a little bit there, but then once I think it wound up getting booted out by the uh, the five mana wrath that puts all the guys on the bottom. Oh right, hollowed burial. Hollowed burial, right? But yeah. that has since been kicked up too. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. I had to I had to run to the restroom. I had to go and puke. <laughs> thinking about Inquilify, thinking more about uh, like Blightsteel Colossus and whatever. I think I'm having a little too much poison. Blech. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, another one that makes me feel that way is a card that I feel like is best used when you're countering your own spells, and that's Arcane Denial. There yeah. are people out there who love this card. Oh my, it's a hard counter for only one blue, and yes, that's, that is a positive aspect of the card. Yes, you are correct. It is only two mana, it is only one blue, and it is in fact a hard counter, unlike something like Mana Leak. However, I think anytime you're giving your opponent multiple cards is just such a bad idea. I mean, unless this spell is countering the very last-ditch effort by your opponent to win the game, then this card is... Ugh. I, oh, I can't stand it. Yeah, uh, I am... It, I'm... It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like the best usage of the card is when you draw your Signet late game, and you're just like, huh, play a Signet, counter it. Go ahead. Yeah, or cycle them. End of turn tithe, end of your turn, tithe, and I'll counter it. So I can draw four new cards next turn. Like, I feel like those are the best uses of that card, and... Would it be four or three cards? Because you draw two off the... Right. And then one for you. Uh Oh, and then you draw on your draw step. Gotcha. Erectamundo, you got it. Ah, okay. Yeah, like that... And and you know what? Like, there's a lot of your BCSM of, well... I played in my, you know, I had a, I had a four color aggressive deck and I was able to, you know, I was, I was, you know, uh, Naya colored and I splashed Arcane Denial and we countered his, I was on the play and turn four on the play, I countered his Wrath of God and then I killed him next turn. Okay. Like, sure. Fine. But then wouldn't you rather just have, like, Mana Tithe that's in color anyway? Well, I was going to say, if I was going to be Splash, like, in that case, I'd rather have, like, Memory Lapse or something. Well, yeah, absolutely, because, you know, Memory Lapse is a hard counter, too. I mean, sure, they get it back, but for those kind of cards, you just, it doesn't matter if they get it back. Yeah, and and the argument, like, some of the arguments that I've heard are kind of just, like, like, I obviously don't agree with them. Something like, you know, it... And it's a hard counter, so you win the game, you know, you so you can win the game, and that kind of, again, is kind of is like BCSM, but it's kind of like one of those things where, well, it's kind of like the party analogy, it's like, I, I understand that it's splashable hard counter, and Wizards has chosen to not really do that since then, since like, you know, they realize that splashable hard counters aren't the greatest idea in the world, but, mm-hmm. you know, say it's just, I mean, for example, saying like, you know, it, it's a hard counter as opposed to a soft counter, like, nobody's really saying this about the, uh, you know, like, I'm not going, oh my god, vanilla counterspell is a hard counter, because that's what counterspells do. I mean, yeah, sure, it's splashable and whatever, but, like, it doesn't, I don't know, it's just also... That's not the impressive part. Like, the being splashable is not the impressive part for me. I think like, that's... Being, that's, being that's, a hard counter... Is not the. I, I don't think it's impressive enough though to make me to allow my opponent to draw two more cards. Like. Well, I think in that case, like, I mean, I, I'm obviously not trying to really sell the card or anything, but like, your opponent also draws one, so they're, you know, the card parity for them is only up by one. But like, I've heard arguments like, well, you're the blue deck, so your cards are better, and I'm like, really, seriously, 
Like, that's the argument? <laughs> right. You don't want your opponent, like, in general, in the game of Magic the Gathering, you don't want your opponent to draw cards. Like, so anytime you have the ability to stop them from drawing cards or to uh, alter their draw step, you know, things like Jace's plus two ability, you know, anytime you can stop your opponent from drawing cards is something you want to do. And I think the last thing you want to do if you're countering spells, unless it's the last spell of the game, is to give your opponent more cards. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I just think there are so many better options out there for that cost that I don't think the splash ability and quote unquote hardness of it makes up for the drawbacks. Because I, I think if I'm splashing a counter spell, I'd rather splash Condescend. I'd rather yeah, splash like that. Uh what's his name? The one you mentioned earlier, memory lapse. I'd splash condescend. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a bunch of other ones that I don't have to have a drawback. Yeah, I can't counter their turn nine spell necessarily. Well I can with uh with condescend you know, probably. Condescend probably. But like maybe with mana leak I can't counter their six drop on turn nine. But you know what? Like, Arcane Denial is is not really a card you want in the control decks. I I can't see wanting to give my opponent cards in a control deck anyway. So if we're playing, if the if if Arcane Denial is best suited in an aggressive or tempo oriented deck, then why are we on turn? Why is this card good on turn nine? Shouldn't they already be dead? Yeah. So precisely, and I mean, and that's the other thing. Like, say it's not countering the game ending spell, like. And I understand, like, the whole, like, the whole, like, the Carlos Ramau, like, countering what matters thing. Sure. And I, and I can understand that kind of argument. But, like, again, other counter spells do that anyway. Like, and just because it's splashable doesn't, you know, again, you know, kind of going BCSM about it, or, you know, being, you know, being rowdy. It's just like, well, okay, I, I was able to counter my opponent's wrath or whatever. It's like, okay. And, like, I mean, that's and, nice. And? Yeah, like, what about the other times and it was just kind of, like, awkwardly countering something, like, oh, I guess I have to... Right, or you, or you countered something card. that didn't... You countered something that didn't matter as much as the card that you drew them into. Yeah. Like with Pithing Needle, the example you used on that. Like, right. I, I and I find, unfortunately, there. that those those seem to be the norm, the pulling the trigger too early and then getting crushed later on because of it. Um, and that just might be because... <clears throat> People aren't making the right play decisions, but still, I, I not a fan. Um, I like that it cycles. I don't like that your opponent double cycles, yeah, or, or you know, draws two. You know, they get a two for one. You know what I mean? Effectively out of it. So yeah, they don't they like get, it. They get the double slow trip. Don't like it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other counter spells, the one that I I see in a decent amount of lists and I think is just awful is dissipate. Uh, the remove from the game one. I'm sorry. Yeah. The exile one. Yeah, exile. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's, it's essentially one in double blue counter target spell. If it's countered, exile it. Like but again, isn't that strictly better than cancel? <laughs> yeah. Woo. Best, like, strictly better cancel. And that, that's yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, it is. But I mean, except for that, it's even not strictly better because what if you have uh, reanimate? Or what's his name? Uh, animate dead in your hand. Oh, that's true. Take a shot. <laughs> so, ugh. but yeah, it's it's another it's one of those BCSM kind of things where it's like, oh my god, it it exiles it. 
So? How often does that matter? Like, who cares? Like, I'm not even running, like, the, the fairy trickery. not good enough. Yeah, cancel's not good enough. I mean, like, I'm not running the fairy trickery in my commons cube because it's, it's terrible. Like, I'm, what, what are you getting if you're paying one more mana, which is a good amount, especially on a counter, having to leave up that much extra 50% mana? 50% more! Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like the whole, like, the Timmy thought versus Spike thought. It's like, oh, I paid just one more mana, just one, and I get this amazing effect. Like, I can, if they have reanimation targets, I exile them. If I have deep analysis, I, they don't flash it back, and, oh my god. But, Again, how often is that going to matter? You counter their Jace with it. Oh, boy. Yeah, great. That's exiled. Right. If they, if they have their regrowth, gotcha. Yeah. Or, oh, you hose their, their E-Wit. Whoop, whoop-de-doo. I'm going to do yeah, a little dance. The, the reason, the sole reason why Dissipate was good back in the day, well, I guess there were more reasons. But if I remember, if my memory serves me correctly for being unreal old, the reason why Dissipate was good was Hammer of Bogarden. That sounds right. Yeah, because they were in the same block. Because you're just like... Hammer your head, and they're like, fine. Yeah. And then, like, basically, because you have them, you know, the red deck has them on a certain low amount of life, and you literally, when you get when it gets into that late game stage, if you ever get to that eight mana point, just every turn you're like three to your face, three to your face, three to your face, three to your face, and eventually they run out of ways to counter it. You know what I mean? And yeah, they, they can't catch up enough. They're they're you know, dude ranch or whatever can't make enough one one soldiers or whatever to try to catch up. You're just yeah. like, three to your face, three to your face, three to your face, three to your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and back in the in the in uh, those days of Magic, that was good enough, you know? And that was, of so, course, before Urza's block. <laughs> right, before the, the great awakening of retardo cards. Yeah, ugh, man. But uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, what is, there's, an, there's a concept in economics, and, you know, I'll get on this for a little bit, but there's a concept in economics called uh, like marginal cost and marginal utility, and essentially those mean something like marginal utility is if you're doing one decision versus the other, and what's the price dif- or marginal utility is what you gain, or in other words, a benefit, and marginal cost is how much you're paying. Like say you get a 32 ounce drink for a, a 70 cents versus a 44 ounce drink for a buck, uh-huh. and you'll say, oh, I can get a, uh, and I'm, you know, I don't really feel like doing the math in my head, but is it worth paying the extra 30 cents for the 12 ounces? Well, I don't know, I'm too lazy to do the math right now, but, you know, it ultimately depends. And it's the same case in this one, where you're paying one extra mana, and that's not a non-zero cost, that is a cost. And, like, you're paying one extra mana for this exile thing. And the exile thing is, you know, nice, you know, if it was free, but it isn't. I mean, how right. much value, how much, how much utility are you gaining out of this? Probably not much. Like, you can sell yourself on it and be like, oh, well, yeah, the whole reanimation target thing, but who cares? It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not like, for example, Absorb, where you're, when you're in a, you know, probably the one of the best control archetypes where that extra one mana gets you three life, which is significant. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard some arguments where it's like a time walk or something, and obviously I don't agree with that, but I mean, well, I'm, it's useful. <laughs> It's definitely useful. Like, three life in Azorius is really good. Or even, like, Forbid. I'll pay the one mana so I can buy that back. Sure. Totally. Yeah. But pay one extra mana for Exile? No. Don't don't kid me. That's that's terrible. Yeah, and, like, Forbid is a pretty high cost, too. Like, you know, it's one extra mana for the ability to buy it back. And, like, when you are buying it back, it's pretty much worth it every time. It's two cards, and it's worth it every time. 
Yeah, it's, it's just so backbreaking. It's like, oh man. Right. Really? It's like, oh, now they have another counter spell. Yeah, it's just, it's nasty. Since we're on the subject of counter spells, uh, I'd like to talk about some people's favorite uncounterable burn spell. <coughs> yeah. Uh, words of war. Yeah. Now, that's... words of war is uh, four mana enchantment. Is that right? Two and a red. Oh, three mana. Okay. So three mana enchantment. Basically, you can pay, uh, how much mana is it to activate? Uh, one colorless. One colorless. So basically, you can, uh, instead of drawing a card, you can remove it from the game instead. Is that correct? No, I just it's, it's, sure I'm doing it right. Or is you just don't draw it. You just yeah, decline you just to draw. Yeah, you just don't draw it. It's like okay. the next time you would draw a card this turn, Words of War deals two damage to target creature or player instead. Right. So basically, um, it turns every draw phase into a colorless shock. That's what that's what you'll hear. However, if we have to if we look at you know, you were talking about economics, talking about the cost of things and looking at it. Um so basically what we're doing is when we play Words of War for three mana, we don't get a thing. Our, our first draw phase, we get to pay one mana, and at the cost of one card, we get a shock. That's, you know, an uncounterable shock. Thing is, you've now paid four mana and two cards for two damage. And I think that's that's true. And I think, like, for example, like something like Sulfuric Vortex, I'm, I'm more than fun. Like, pass, opponent takes two, takes four. And... Like, some arguments that I've heard for Words of War were stuff like, you know, say you get your opponent to burn range, like, say to eight, and then you Words of War wore them out of the game. Like, you know, you, you skip your draw, skip your draw, skip your draw, skip your draw. The problem is, is that's, like, a lot of turns. That's four turns of doing nothing. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, even, you know, on the first activation, you're paying four mana and two cards for a shock. On the second activation which could very well be the next turn, you are paying five mana and three cards for four damage. And the last time I checked, like, five mana for four damage only costs one card, and that's called yeah. Expel. <laughs> yeah, precisely. And so, and on the third activation, you know, on the third activation, now, okay, now we're, we have six, six mana, right? Or no, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, six mana, and four cards, four cards for six damage over three turns or four turns. That's a lot of wasted resources. That is, I mean, and the I thing mean, is, it, it'd be different if you could reveal the card and then choose whether or not you didn't want to draw it, you know what I mean, or put it into your hand. Yeah, like if you would have drawn a Flame Javelin or a Siege or something, it's like, oh, right. I'll take this right. instead. Exactly. You look at the top card and it's like, oh, it's a land. F that card. Take two. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, something else, you know, a jackal pup. F that card. Take two. Yeah. But you don't. You literally consign yourself to sitting there and doing nothing for the rest of the game. Because, you know, you've consigned yourself to having this plan of, well, I'm just going to shock them each turn. So yeah. I really hope they're at a low enough life total. And you know what? Maybe that's fine when they're at two. But, you know, there's plenty of other things you guys can be doing instead of playing Words of War and waiting around. Now, granted, BCSMers are going to tell you, but guys, this card is amazing with Sylvan Library and Brainstorm and Jace 
and, you know, things like that. My argument would be there's a lot of cards that are awesome with those three cards because those three cards are awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say the like, same thing. I mean. Last time I checked, those three cards are unreal. Like, and most of the time, you're not playing, why those cards are good. Most of the time, like, the draw cards, like, Memory Jar I can see. Uh, Silver Library I can see, but Jace, I'm, I'm probably not playing Jace in the same deck with words. Like, that's, uh, that's kind of awkward. I mean, it, it would go in that, that very, that counter burn, you know, deck or whatever. So. I mean, I guess so. And, yeah. And there's another, also, like, sure, like if you, I mean, I, I, I definitely feel like, for example, Stormbind is a card that's very underrated in general by people. They're like, oh, I have to discard, but, but you, you know, get to see what those cards are and pick what you don't want. What you don't want. Yeah, because your curve is so cheap. People just like, oh, I'll just slam down this uh, whatever and then send the best of the burn at your face, and it, you know, that's fine. But like, for, for example, something like words just seems like it's not really good when you're behind or not. Like it only seems really good when your your opponent is at burn range. You know what I mean? Like. If your opponent is at eight and your opponent doesn't have the board where they can retaliate, it's just like, well, uh, but, or even like at six or something, or probably four, whatever, it's like, okay, I can get, I got you in burn range, and now I just have to survive and go all in on this, and then right. go burn, burn, whatever. Right, and you're on a turn two clock or whatever that you can't, that unless you bounce this permanent, you can't do anything about. Yeah, also three mana is stupid tight in red. Like, red has so many good spells, like, Molten Rain, uh, Stagger Shock, Pillage, uh, Char, Flame Javelin, and even like creatures like, you know, Countryside Crusher and whatever, which are still really good. And Words of War is competing against that. Again, isn't a non-zero, you know, effect. It's kind of like white cards at four mana. So competitive that something's gotta be really good to break that. And I don't think Words of War really does. Yeah, I, I just, it just is, is vomit inducing for me to spend two cards and four mana for a, for a shock next turn. Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem good enough. Like, I, I, in every situation, I would just much rather have Sulfuric Vortex that is not only, uh, doing that same two damage to them each turn. I mean, yeah, you get hit as well, but ideally you should be ahead on life. But the fact is, is that it also, sh- you still get to draw your cards and, it shuts down, you know, if they have any sort of uh, life gain to buy themselves time, too. Yeah. So, just uh, just words of war hurts my head. Yeah. Hurts and, my head. I don't like it. It's such a waste of resources to try to do anything. And I think most times, I would rather just have another threat. Like, yeah, or like a stagger shock just draw a random burn spell. Right. Rather just draw, you know, a, a Jaya Ballard, even. You know? Yeah. Just rather do... Rather do just about anything else for that mana costs and and for that many cards. That's just me. That's I just agree. Me. That's I, I mean, I definitely I'm not really a big fan of words. I mean, just feels like one of those cards that I yeah I'm just not really a big fan of. Me neither, which is why I mentioned it. Blah, words That's of true. war. Blah. All right, let's keep going. Okay, another two and a red card, and we we both when we were making this episode we had a list of cards that we didn't like, and both of us had it, <laughs> so it's I guess this is gonna be a collaboration soapbox. Like, in the aggro episode, we talked about uh, how, it, like, mana disruption is important. And I think some people were giving you trouble because, like, you talked about, uh, 
you know, they were like, oh, you, you, you want too much mana disruption. And that wasn't even your point. It was mine. <laughs> they were giving no. you grief. Like Gavin was going like, man, I, I don't agree. I like this, your podcast, but man, I really don't agree. And I think, I was thinking, man, that, that was something I wrote. And I'm like, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't yeah, like this card. <laughs> what like, is this going from? But I mean, in terms of mana disruption, like Avalanche Riders, ridiculous. Ruin Blaster, great. But, you know, some of the other mana disruption cards just don't cut it on their own. And we're, we're you know, we were not saying include every mana disruption card ever. And the one of the ones I see in cubes, which I'm not a fan of, is regular Stone Rain. Blech. Not a fan Blech. at all. Like, Blech. yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, no. Like, yeah, fine. You go, yeah, all right. Oh, you blew up my turn two bounce land. You got me. Like, who cares? Nice. Nice, perfect scenario for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least cards like Pillage also get to blow up artifacts. You know, have a little a little bit of that sort of utility for the, kind of the correct cost. Or Molten Rain, uh, you know, you get to, you, you know, you're basically fireballing them for two and blowing up one of their lands. You know what yeah, I mean? And and it's not really, and I'm you know, not really thinking BSTSM. Most of the time when I cast Molten Rain, it's doming up for two, because most of the time their nice targets are non-basics, like, oh, kill your Maze, Maze of Beth, take two. Kill your Dual Land, take two. But Stone Rain, the problem is, is like, cards like Molten Rain, for example, Molten Rain really goes well with the aggressive archetypes. Like, you want to be doming up for two. It's like Blightning. I mean, a uh, Mind Rot is terrible. That card is just garbage in cube. Once you add, you know, three damage to the head with, you know, with, like, Blightning, yeah. I can get behind that. Same with Molten Rain, you know, like destroy a land and make them take two. Yeah, hook me up. Without it, no, that base effect is not good enough. Yeah, the the Stone Rain. I just uh, and, and maybe this comes from too many years of watching people try to play Stone Rain decks and constructed, where they just jam as many Stone Rains as possible into their deck, and and so what happens is they play their first couple drops, and then you kind of deal with those because you have some cheap, and then they just start blowing up your lands. But the minute they run out of stone rains, you're back in the game, and while they've been spending all their spells blowing up your lands, you still have all these spells in hand, and then you crush them. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's obviously a different scenario, but I feel like stone rain is literally, like, running running in circles. Like, blow up a land. Okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. It, Who cares? It's, it, it's, I can understand the value of... Land destruction is, you know, like I said, it's useful as an aggressive uh, element... To aggro decks, but like the good ones, for example, like you know, Sinkle, dirt cheap. The uh, Molten Rain hits them for two. Riders gives you a two-two haster that you can pay Echo for. Rune Blaster has two-one haste body. Acidic Slime it kills nearly everything that you want to kill. Stuff like that, where they have something else. Oh, and uh, and and Acidic Slime gives you a two-two Death Touch, which isn't insignificant either. But all these have useful effects. Outside of land destruction, Stone Rain just has that, and that's not good enough. Right. Like, just blow up a land. Okay, what else? Mm, that's it. Yeah, and especially another point that in on this vein is like your your uh your non creature slots in aggressive decks are really tight, and you really want to be spending that very tight you know that slot on something like Stone Rain when you could. Because you're running stuff like, you know, Swords, Cheetah, Molten Rain, Burn. You know, this is competing with the Burn slots in your aggressive decks. And do you want this? No. 
do you mind jamming in a Molten Rain in your aggressive deck? Yeah. Why not? It's burning him. I don't right. care. Avalanche Rise is giving me a 2-2 with haste that I can pay right. Echo for if I feel like it. Yeah. Hook me up. That that doesn't require me to stretch anything. Stone Rain, that's like Stretch Armstrong. It's a ooh, huge stretch. Yeah, I, I just, it just, the thing is, is, you know, it would be, it would be completely different if Stone Rain were like the only effect of its kind. Even then I wouldn't run it, like, I would run it less. Because then right. it's like, you, then you don't have, like, someone could argue you could have, like, a critical mass effects, like you have, like, Wasteland, uh, Wasteland Strip Mine, Riders, Ruin Blaster, and then run a Miser Stone Rain. Like, I obviously don't agree with that in that scenario, but there's at least a little better argument, cause, you know, it would help you reach some kind of critical mass. The problem is I don't think even it, if it's a singleton, it loses that critical mass factor. Exactly. It's not like you can run four. When you draft Stone Rain, you don't get four copies of it. Yeah, it's not like Squadronok or whatever. Like some people do the Errata. You know, yeah, whatever. Same yeah. thing with uh, the the Green Planeswalker that makes two, three elf dudes. They're like, well, if you draft this person, you get four of the elf ones with it. It's like, Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of a point. Because I was on such a soapbox with Inkwell Leviathan and Blightseal, whatever. You know how you get the Errata with, like, Nissa Ravain, and, you you know, you get the free 2-3s or whatever? Okay. When you draft Tinker, you're, and those are in the packs, you're essentially getting that for free. Those big robots, because nobody wants them. It's like, pfft, I ain't got to play Darksteel Colossus cards. Garbage. Pass it. Whatever. Uh-huh. Pass it. And then, yeah, you get, so you get, you draft the Darksteel, Tinker, and then if they're in the packs, you get a free Inkwell or something. Or free free blight seal. Okay. Uh, Off soapbox. Yeah, that's a. I, I'm sure there's something wrong with that argument that I can't quite exactly define <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but, but that's what it kind of feels like with those cards. It's like when you have Tinker, like nobody wants like the blight seals or whatever, the dark seals or whatever. It's just like you're, sure, you're but nobody, getting... but nobody, but stone nobody wants them if there is no Tinker. So yeah, exactly. On. Yeah, so that's that's what I mean. It's just gonna loop around the table. Right. And you'll if you hit the, if you hit the one outer, you get yeah. free card. You get the card that nobody else wants. Otherwise, just nobody else wants it. And Precisely. That does very good. Exactly. That's... Another card. Uh, just because <laughs> I think we both agree on the, on the fact that stone rain is is not very good. Garbage. Yeah. No. Not a fan. Thumbs down. Uh, one card that we kind of, I think we actually talked about it in our pilot episode was, uh, Skitherix, the, the taste of rainbow dragon. The blight dragon! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a card where, you know, the BCSM, you know, and people takes over, where, you know, like, you know, people, like, I think Evan Irwin said this, and I feel kind of like, dumb saying this because he helped me get the gig at Star City, <laughs> but he's like, you know, if it's great with equipment or something, or, you know, it's great if you draft it with Warhammer, how realistically is that going to happen? Like, sure, it's great with Warhammer, sure, why not? You know what else is great with Warhammer? Anything. Yeah, yeah, card, card type summon creature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are all pretty good with equipment, too, as it turns out. Yeah. And granted, it's it's like you said before, and I think that's a brilliant analogy with, like, the the teacher... Like, you know, you want your kid, you know, the kids in the class to not talk. You know, you give them three times. If they go to the principal's office, they're going to do it twice because, yeah, they're just going to do it twice. Right, 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 right. So, right, if they get in trouble, if you get three marks, you have detention, you're going to talk twice at the end. Yeah. And, and again, same you know, thing, it's the same thing with having a singleton, you know, poison card or whatever, infect card. Like, yeah. all right, I'll take four poison counters. Okay, I'll take four poison counters. 
Yeah, I'm done taking poison counters from that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing also is that like uh, in in regular like scars and mirror in raft, how often does a single infector get there? Like say you have a Phyrexian uh crusader, and that probably could be in this tangent as well. Like say you draft a Phyrexian pro uh not Phyrexian Pro Crusader. Crusader. Yeah. How how often is that one guy getting there? And granted, removal is at such a premium in regular draft. It's gonna be that much harder to get there with a singleton infector in in cube because he's sure like, is. oh yeah sure why not? I mean, and also it's like five mana. Like again, you know, there's competitions. Like, are you playing this over uh, Ink Eyes? Are you playing this over Drana? Are you playing this over Decree of Pain because it, it actually costs five mana? You're not hard casting that thing. Are you ah. playing paying it over? Um, well, it's six mana. If you want to consider it as six mana with a dragon with haste, you're yeah, playing oh, it yeah. over. Are you playing it over Grave Titan? Yeah. It's like, are you playing it over Kokusho? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> or even if you consider artifacts in the mix, are you playing it over Worm Coil in your deck? Right. It's like no, no, sorry, not a oh, fan. Yep. I, I can't. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Thumbs down. Thumbs down on the skills. All right. Here's another one that uh, a lot of people out there love. And that I can't stand because it's 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 one of these things where people love the versatility of it, but actually don't look at necessarily what the color needs or what the average case scenario is, and that's aftershock. As much as I might have drank bottles of aftershock, <laughs> I was just as, thinking as as an undergraduate, you know, with a bottle of Goldschlager in one hand and a bottle of aftershock in the other. Um, as much as I may have done that, uh, I, I can't stand this card. Uh, it's it's four mana. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's it's four four mana total, two and two red, and it's a uh, destroy target uh, land artifact or creature. Um, you take three damage. Yeah. Let me just say that first of all, if you're spending four mana and three life. For a land destruction spell, you're probably playing the wrong game. Um, I, I guess there are very, very corner outlier case scenarios where that would be something that you need to do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, they keep bringing back Kakusho with their Volrath's, you know, stronghold. Guess what? <laughs> uh, if the game's gotten to that point anyway, you're dead. You're probably should be dead anyway out of your red deck. Uh, but the, the thing that the biggest argument here for this card is, but Anthony, this is a, this is the only red card that can, that actually just says destroy target creature instead of being burn based. Well, how, I mean, how there's, relevant there's, is there's, that? There's right. There's fissure too. And don't get me wrong. Fissure is fine in the right circumstances or whatever, but guess what? That card's still not good enough for what we're doing here. You know what I mean? It it doesn't help our game plan. Like, yeah, it's a removal spell, but if we're, you know, and, you know, red wants to be an aggressive color by nature. And what are, why are we paying, like, I mean, yeah, I guess we're removing a blocker, but wouldn't you just rather have a four mana burn spell? Like. Or a creature. Like or, Kelvin, or, you know. Kelvin Champion or something. Yeah, random. uh you know, Ridge. Right, exactly. Random four power creature with haste. Yeah. You know, whether that's uh, Solifuge or Hero of Oxid Ridge or, you know, 
things like that. Like, I, I just don't understand the, the attachment people have to saying, well, I can use this to kill my opponent's Kukusho straight up, and it's only four mana, and I only take three plus well, five. I, I, but I, I don't, I don't get that card still in, in any of its iterations. You know, if you look at all three modes separately, none of them I don't think are close enough to being good for cube. And even added together, I still don't think it's it's that close. Well, the thing is, like the life loss isn't really too much of a factor for red decks. I mean, I I mean, it's 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 a drawback for sure. But I don't think except it's really... for that. And I agree with that typically in the aggressive red decks. But if yeah, if we're no saying way on placing hard control. for like the control builds, like the white red, you know, the white red controls, the blue red controls, the life does matter in those. So it kind of kind of bricks you out of playing it in those archetypes, which means that we're only using it as a primarily aggressive card. Is that is is that kind of a fair argument? You think? Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, it, it's something that I feel is like uh, more useful, I guess. In like, there's no way I could play it in a control deck. No way. No way. No how. No sir. But I don't know. It, it's. I mean, it's versatile. I'll give it that. Like, it's versatile. That, I mean, that's the only selling point for me. Yeah. I mean, but... And, and granted, also, the fact that it hits... Like, five toughness creatures can be hard for red decks to deal with. Like, an Una or something. Most of the time, I mean, it would require an expel or something like that. And you I guess, bash a creature into it and then bolt it. That's, that's the way red does its business, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, just... Someone could argue, for example, like like uh, Putrefy, for example, isn't really efficient at either cost. Like it's three mana. If you kill a cre- if you kill a creature with it, it sucks. Kill an artifact, it sucks. But you know the flexibility makes it worth it. But it's I, also I, instant. It's also yeah. instant speed, and you don't take three damage. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't feel. I think for me, the 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 life loss isn't really as much of a factor because you know I'd rather just play an aggressive deck. But the form like. Again, four mana is, especially if you are playing this in an aggressive deck, because that's where it's going to end up. Right. Like, Would for, you example, rather play card like, uh, for example, a card like Juggernaut, I feel, like, I ultimately cut that for my cube. I think it's a great card. You know, five five power for four mana, great deal. But the problem is that, like, there's only so many slots in your aggro decks for four mana creatures, or four mana spells, because right. that's, where, that's where the top of your curve. Right, right. Four and five is where you're you're topping out. Yeah, and like, are you topping out with aftershock? Like again, Kelvin, Kelvin Champion rather to top out with that. Oxid Ridge, uh, Avalanche Riders, uh, Lodestone Golem. Yeah, another great one. Yeah, Lodestone Kabu. Yeah, FTK, regular Mastercore, uh, Molten Tail, Molten Tail, Koth, uh, stuff like that. Like Bone Horde, maybe. Just I love that card so much. <laughs> But you know, it's like. Are you saying you like? Never mind. Got <laughs> a raging we'll, bone horde love right going on. We'll uh, we'll save all the uh, the bone jokes. Ah uh, yes. For another time. Or for Apple Cell Grazi. Excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> the well, yeah, I mean, here. But I mean, that's that's just the problem that I really have with aftershock is that I don't feel like its role that it performs. I don't think is good enough. Like, sure, it's versatile. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it that. Yeah. It's, you know, as sure. if you think of it as Stone Rain, with, if you pay an extra red mana, you get the ability to destroy an artifact or creature. And, and I'll just, yeah, and then the three, whatever. But I mean, again, is that what I want to do? 
Like, you know, I'm yeah, blowing up. I'm, I'm bl- yeah, there are things I'd much rather be doing with my turn four. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, is that what I want to do with my aggro decks? Pay four mana to destroy some, destroy something and not burning my opponent? That's what happens, man. That's what happens if you play this card. Yeah, I completely agree. And one final complaint about it, about the arguments for it, is when people say, but there's always a target. And I think that is just the, the one of the biggest apologistic views ever, because... If I'm using it to blow up random land, then why is this card in my cube? Well, I think that's a better argument for something that's attached to something, like Acidic Slime or right. Avalanche Riders, because... Because you're still getting something else. Yeah, you're getting... Like, say you you cast a Miser's uh, Acidic Slime on turn five, and it's like, oh, I'll uh, blow up your... Like, say your opponent has, like, three three planes and two islands. And you're like, uh, got the counter? Nope. Blow up your island. And that's nice, but I mean, you're still yeah, getting you also something have a out of it. To block creature afterwards. Yeah, you're still getting in with a two-two death touch, but like, if you're, let's say it does always have a target, like, are you gonna play it on your? Are you gonna mize it out versus on turn five versus in that same <clears throat> scenario? No, like. Yeah, or if you have it late in the game, let's say you you know you're at kind of this stall and you're on turn you know seven or eight and they have you know six lands and a signet. Get your signet. Oh, take yeah, that! Yeah, get there. <laughs> and I guess you could save after, it for you know, you know, if you're saying it always has a target, then you know, I, I don't, not a fan of that argument. All right, yeah. I'm done. The uh, the bile is starting to rise again. We might have to have another vomit break if we keep talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's another card. I I don't know if it's played in as much cubes as anymo- anymore, but I still see it enough for me to go on a little soapbox about it. Is uh, Orm's chant? Not a fan. Not a fan. It's another one of those BCSM kind of things where you, if you put it on a Isochron Scepter, it's like cool. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like yeah, you you lock your opponent out. But again, how often is that happening? Like, yeah, you have to. You know, first of all, the cards have to be opened. Second of all, the cards have to be drafted. Third of all, the cards have to be assembled in the same hand. Yeah, you got to get the Voltron going at a time when it actually matters. Yeah, precisely. And it's just like no, that's that's not gonna happen. Like unless you know you you know, and, and unless you're able to draft things like. Uh, both the mystical tutor and the enlightened tutor and, you know what I mean, like a bunch of other ways to make it consistent. It just seems like way too much work. Yeah, and it's the payoff doesn't really seem, especially since it's taking up a card in your cube. I mean, that's another factor I guess we should we didn't really go into also. is like, sure, these cards are doing, like, let's say they do get the BCSM scenario. You know, you, you rock out the, the stick chant combo. Sure, like, you're playing this card again. That's the opportunity cost of playing chant. Is like you're playing this card in your cube versus something else, and I don't know what else. Like you know, random white card, which is probably better anyway. You know, a much stronger overall effect that you're not playing because you wanna you wanna try to get the chant stick thing going on. Is it gonna work? No, that's that's not gonna work. And I mean, you can mo- you, again. You can like, what are you gonna do? Like play whatever, it's like, oh, I'll attack, oh, chant, you know, like, or they want to attack, it's like, oh, chant you with a kicker, woo, yeah, so you can't attack, it's like, okay. Um, yeah, usually it's just a, you ready for this? Usually it's just time walk you. Is that the argument, people? Yeah, like, do you remember the card Abance from back in the sure. day? That card actually was, a, that was a, that actually was a white time walk back yeah, in the day. That, that card was actually insane. Yeah, as it turns before out. Before they, before they fixed it, because you couldn't do anything. Yeah, like activated abilities for you kids playing along. 
Like it said, you couldn't cast uh, instants or sorceries or play activated abilities, I think, of permanence, which right. at the time included lands. Correct. So you couldn't do... So yeah, you couldn't tap couldn't mana. do a darn thing. It was one in a white, and it cantripped. Yes. Yeah, oh, that card oh, yeah. at its height was just ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. There was also... uh that was around the same time, if I remember correctly, as the card that made three knight tokens. Oh, the waylay. Yeah. Yes. And you'd you'd play it, you know, at the end of your turn, so that way, like, it would never trigger, and you get to do it. Now, granted, you can kind of do that again. You know, you can make tokens after the beginning of the cleanup or whatever. So. Well, that's why mimic vat. You know that whole thing, like EOT mimic vat, whatever. Right. Sticks around. But. But at the time, that was so broken in Magic, like yeah, just white. being able to end of end of turn cast ball lightning, untap ball. You know what yeah. I mean? Like this is called white lightning. You know, it's like white oh, lightning. Yeah, like, uh, three white knights appear out of nowhere. Like a, right, Da-da-da. create bad discussion forum thread or whatever. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of white cards right. and oh. uh, stuff like that, you want to go on? I, on I the next can't. One? You know, we, we all try to push aggressive decks. We, we, you know, we had an entire episode about it. Uh, we want to make sure aggressive decks are viable. We want to have enough drops for them. We want to do all this kind of stuff. And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp and a, you know, and, and my cube functions pretty well making different kinds of decks, you know, aggro decks, control decks, mid range decks. But the card that just, that are just completely unexciting to me that I find that a lot of people swear are necessary to make aggressive decks work are the different Pegasi. Uh, Stormfront Pegasus, and what's the other one? Mistral Charger. Mistral Charger. Then, and all they are, they're, you know, two one flyers for two. These cards just don't excite me whatsoever. Well, I they're think, just. I think the reason why I think people use them is like when Lapilli was, uh, you know, talking about his cube and things like that. One of the things he stressed was, like, you don't want all of your white creatures to be double white. And so he kind of used, I don't know if you kind of forced them in or used them as to kind of a way to mitigate that. But I think, like, I think those creatures are, I mean, it's definitely something to understand. I mean, it's definitely, like I said, non-zero cost. Like, War Driver is double red. It's not a non-zero. It's, it's kind of awkward. But, you know, I think I think the Pegasi are... Are taking that a bit too far. Like I think you definitely want to make sure your aggressive decks can cast their creatures pretty easily. But I think sure. I think those are suboptimal to the point where it's just like, well, it's. I mean, I understand why people would use them, and I think I used them at one point. But I think right now, right now, there isn't that function isn't needed because you yeah, you have stuff like Core Sky Fisher, uh, Soltari Trooper, Stoneforge Mystic. Stuff like that. Yes, you, sir. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you play all that, especially when the, the red-white sword comes out. Oh, my God. By the way, if you're not playing Stoneforge Mystic in your cubes, yeah, you, seriously, you must have not been listening to this podcast very long because you got to do that. But, yeah, it's, it's like I don't feel that their purpose is needed. I think because well, I'll admit. I think, go ahead. I was going to say I'll admit, like, I used – I was rocking the Stormfront Pegasus. I don't know if I was rocking the Mistral Charger as well. I probably was. But that was before, the, you know, the core Stanker fires, before I was running Stoneforge Mystic, and I don't think that's needed anymore. Like A quarter paladin. Yeah, a quarter paladin. God, how did I forget that? A quarter paladin 
things like that where like black for example like black has enough one in a white creatures where you know like the uh, Nezumi grave robber one of uh, black creatures yeah one of the black creatures yeah Nezumi grave robber Unis prowler uh stuff like that a dark confidant definitely and then you know you don't necessarily have to try to sell yourself god I keep using that phrase I'm like Billy Mays over here but you know you don't have to go oh and this card is one in a black so I should run suboptimal card you know people don't well, right. do that and for black the sections if the if the argument too is that well if the original argument was you don't want to have white white a ton of white white creatures because if you're not mono white then you can't cast you know what I mean like your reliability of casting them goes down there are lots of really good you know, color and one other creatures. You know, in black, you mentioned some of them. Things like, you know, uh, Bob and the Zumi Grave Robber. In red, you have, you know, Plated Geopede among... Uh, Hellspark, among, Marauders. Right, exactly. Um, in green, you have the aforementioned Albino Troll. Yeah. In, Lotus in Cobra red, from the pack again. Yeah, right, exactly. Like Lotus Cobra. Um, you know, you have those kind of drops in, in colorless, you have, you know, Frixian Revoker now as, as a, as a two power two drop that can be, you know, disruptive that obviously gains value in game two or three, if you're able to, you know, get a jump on them, but you have all these kinds of cards that if the original argument is that you don't want white, white, because it's awkward. Well, it's only awkward in multicolored decks, but then, so why aren't you just, you know, there are enough other w- single color two drops and other colors for your aggressive decks that can easily make up for that. I think. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So take I a sigh, take a hike. See you later. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and to be honest, I would much rather run the, uh, the other, the other, uh, duders, the, the Pegasus, the unicorn, Ronum unicorn or a uh, Kami of ancient law. I would rather run those than the unicorn, than the uh, Pegasi. Because at least those have a little bit of additional value and have the ability to deal with something that typically aggressive decks would have to spend the card by itself and not be able to continue beating with. While those cards, you know, preemptively cack of Faith's Fetters, for example. Yeah, and I think that's why they're better than like uh War Priests that for example, because you get your beat you get to you know, you get a creature that beats and then if they play like you know, so you might think, Oh well, War Priest deals with a creature enchantment and is it. But again, like in your white aggressive decks, you want to get your creatures out early. And then, right. you know, the fact that they have additional utility is nice as well. Right. Absolutely. All right. I think we, I think we've got time for maybe a, a couple more here. I don't know how, how far we are, how far along are we are, or if I can speak at all, but <laughs> I probably get towards, Towards the end of the amount of time here that people want to listen to us complain about cards. So yeah. <laughs> go ahead and uh, pick one more for your list, and then uh, I'll pick one more from mine, and we'll we'll wrap this puppy up. All right. Uh, the last one, I think I've kind of gone over it before, but I I, I don't know. I think it's a good example. Uh, you know, I think you know I was choo- uh, because I had two between Naf, which you know I kind of went over, but I think I'm gonna go over Brutal Effigy instead, and I think that's a card where you know, it's, again, it's something where you can convince yourself of it very easily. It's just like, well, you just lay it down for one, and then you pay, you can pay four mana to, uh, exile something, 
it, you know, it just sits there. It just does, you know, it just does whatever, and removal's great and whatever. But you know, a, it's, it, I mean, it's five mana that you're paying in installments. And granted, the, the ability to pay installments is nice. Like, it's not to be, you know, underestimated. The problem is that it's just so overcosted. And again, what are you playing instead of it? Like, not necessarily instead of your other one drops, like, uh, you know, like Vile or whatever. But I guess a and your artifact slots are like, are you playing playing that over other good artifacts? But you know, it just because like green can't deal with creatures directly doesn't mean you should be running cards like this. It doesn't do enough. And granted, the whole exile thing again, useful sometimes, you know, stops reanimation, whatever. But is it worth it? No. Yeah, I mean, fair. I mean, I don't run that either. I definitely considered it because of things like, well, if I'm red green and my opponent has strength through the steel wind, I'm pretty boned. But you know what? I'm actually okay with being pretty boned if your opponent has Sphinx <laughs> of the Steel Wind and you're red green. Because, you know, while it's nice to have, you know, answers or whatever, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess there's just some part of me that, that feels like it's okay when you're, you know, up well, as I mean, freak without a paddle. Well, I, it's, I it's kind of okay. running a suboptimal card just to be an answer. It's like you were saying with the, uh, whatever, the disenchant kind of cards. And, and, and granted, I run the, 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 you know, the standalones that naturalizes. Dis- I think I just run disenchant. I don't run naturalize for some stupid reason. I don't know. But, you know, it's kind of that, it's probably that same kind of thing where it's just like running a suboptimal card just because it deals with a weakness isn't really, I mean, it deals with a weakness, sure, but, I mean, is it worth it? Like, for example, when you're thinking of a card like Worm Coil Engine, for example, you don't, Nobody really thinks of just the fact that, well, it's a it's a great, it can be played, it's, for example, I guess a better analogy is with Brutal Effigy, you're not really thinking, you don't think of it in terms of just like, just a removal spell. You It has to come with this rider of like, well, it's a, it's a five mana installment artifact that deals with stuff, but it can be played in anything. You know, you can play in whatever. But like, for example, with the other artifacts, like Worm Coil Engine, you're not going like, well, it's a six mana six six uh, with a bunch of abilities and it splits into two creatures when it dies. But you're only really playing it because it can be used in anything. You're playing it because it's ridiculous. Like I'll play it if it was mono green, I'd play it in green. Like it's it's ridiculous. There's right. no there's not this need to there's not this rider that you need to attach to it. It's just good. Real effigy, no, not a good. Yeah, not so much. I I mean. And I can understand, too, maybe people say, well, I run Trinket Mage, you know, I'm running a Power Cube, so I run Trinket Mage. Why not be able to run uh, a Trinketable answer as well? Thoughts? How often are you getting Trinket Mage? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just, it's just like, well, I'm not running. It's like running a bad equipment just because you have Stoneforge or something. It's like, well, I'm going to run... Uh, Oh, what is the what is the free one from uh, Scars? That, like it's like something web. No, the equipment. Oh, oh. Uh, Isn't there like a web something that all it does is give like a toughness? Can it block like creatures with flying or something like that? There was one from Zendikar. I think it was like zero mana and I think two to equip. And it gives like plus o oh, plus two and reach. Yeah, that must be the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing where it's like I'm not running a bad card. I mean, how much extra benefit are you getting from? Like okay, cool. You can take it up, you can trinket it up, but again. Well, yeah, like, and basically, the, you know, we said earlier about the opportunity cost of what am I not running in order to run this card? Yeah, precisely. It's just like I I'm, think that's a big thing. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'm I've gone too long. I've gone too long without complaining. So I had a couple choices here on my last ones. Here, I had I had a 
big sacred cow I was going to slaughter for everybody. <laughs> Maybe I'll save that one for another day. I've, yeah, we can I've, do another one of these. I've, I've done plenty of arguing about that online, trying to to prove it to people, and people just refuse to see it. But I think when uh, dr- drafting your cube this weekend, I think I'd like to bring up a philosophical difference between the two of us when making the cube. And the things I can't stand is I feel like fast mana. I I don't like fast mana. And now while I I do enjoy playing with it once in a while, and I enjoy playing with it in in constructed formats and things like that. I think it kind of breaks the symmetry of things a little bit when it comes to the cube. Um, firstly, uh, obviously we all know that turn one saw ring. I mean, I can probably count the number of games on, on one hand that I've lost casting turn one saw ring. It's that good. Yeah. Um, same thing with Lotus. The thing is, is, and, and this came real apparent. Uh, you mentioned earlier we were cubing this weekend in Memphis at about, oh, I don't know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. or whatever. Like it was. That, yeah, one of the guys is asleep or something. <laughs> yeah, someone's asleep on the bed. Someone else has passed out. And Usman and I are playing in the finals of our single elimination cube draft. And Usman had, you know, nice little, little aggressive number. And while my deck was literally just a blue, you know, a blue white control deck with, you know, Jason Mind Sculptor and Tinker, and some other stuff, you know. And there was one game in particular. I think it was the first game we played. Yeah, um, it was. I just went turn. I went. I, I kept a one lander. I think I mulled the six, and I kept a one lander with Tinker in my hand. And I went. Uh, I had I had brainstorm and Tinker in my in my deck, and I or and ponder rather. And I just go turn one ponder. And the cards I see are actually no, it wasn't even the Tinker. I didn't even have the Tinker in hand. And I go turn one ponder into. Land, uh, Mox Sapphire Tinker. So I put the Tinker second from the, second from the bottom. I draw the, draw the Mox, play the Mox to keep up four spike mana, which I had four spike in hand. Mm-hmm. So effectively, you know, most likely shutting off his first turn. Turn two, untap, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I had the second land in hand. I, I had obviously had three mana. Play the second land, Tinker into, uh, Strength of the Steel Wind against his, you know, Red green aggro deck. Good luck. Yeah, and I was like, "Yep, yep, it's good enough." <laughs> but but you know the other thing too is I also had the uh, the mana vault in my deck as well. And the thing is is the reason why I don't like these cards is I, I actually think they provide a much bigger advantage to the control decks. Um, with aggressive decks, your your all your creatures cost colored mana, right? So like you know one of the best aggro decks in the world are you know a million one drops, right? A million like two mana two power one drops. You like the zoo deck. Right. But every one of those costs a colored mana. You know, figure destiny costs a red or a white. This one costs a green. This one costs a white. This one costs a red. And while I feel like the fast mana in those decks would have to be, literally have to be the moxes or like a lotus. Yeah. I think the mox and I think are in order to get their, right. In order to get like the retardo start, like where you go turn one, mox, lotus, crack lotus, uh, play Toth or something. Uh, tap, tap your mox, play Avon Skyfisher, pick up your mox again, replay it. You know, some three or four drop. Like that. That requires multi. You know, it requires a lot of colored mana. While I feel like the ridiculous starts out of the control decks, like in order to cast, you I mean because oh, most of the fast mana, let's face it, is colorless, right? Like mm-hmm. we have, you know, mana crypt, mana vault, Grim monolith. You know, all these kind of things. I think the control decks and the mid range decks, to a lesser extent. Get the most value out of all this extra colorless mana. Well, I wouldn't say Mana Crypt. I mean, Mana Crypt's awful in a control deck. Like, I've seen people try to play 
like mana crypt and control deck, and then they get something out marginally faster, and then they just die. And I was like, oh, yeah, coin flip, I, I coin would... flip, coin flip, and I'm like, why the hell are you playing this card in your control deck? It's like I mean, you're... I would probably play it in every control deck I had. Most and of just... the time when I've when I've seen that happen, most of the time it's been terrible. When I've seen that happen, it's like the person sure. just like. I'll get out something quick, and then I'll unless they can really capitalize on that early advantage, because their game plan is to last essentially grind out a long game, and they just don't get there. They just they just coin flip into death, and I've seen that happen so often. And just well, like the thing it lets you do is it lets you play your finisher like on turn three or four. Like for example, in, in that deck that I played, if I had a crypt or whatever, I'm probably just playing like uh, Sphinx of Drawer Isle on turn three or four. Yeah, and. Even if I hit get hit four times with that card, I'm probably not losing that game because of all the extra mana I have. Or if I'm playing, or I'm playing a Worm Coil Engine, or I'm playing. Oh yeah, Worm Coil Engine. Yeah, that would be nuts. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like because of the nature of that kind of stuff, the the control deck is just so much better, benefits so much more from that kind of stuff. Because literally, I felt like I couldn't possibly lose one of our one of our games. I played turn two, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Turn one, you know, turn one mana crap. Turn one mana ball. Turn two, Jace. Man. Yeah, then get there. Do you have a creature? No. Okay, cool. Brainstorm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we're set up, you know, for the rest of the game, effectively. Like, and and it was just, I, I don't, I don't like the way it feels. Like, I, I felt like that game that we played was just completely unfair. Like, yeah. I just like you literally didn't have, you just didn't have a prayer. And you know what? I don't necessarily like games where I, I don't like playing Magic where one person. I don't like playing. Let me correct that. I don't like playing casual games of Magic where one person just literally has no shot. I mean, I think it, I think there's really literally did. nothing you could have done. Like, you could have had a spell or whatever, like, to try to kill it. I just had four spike in my hand anyway. Like, how yeah. much mana are you going to be able to spend, you know, how many one-mana answers are you going to have in your deck that aren't four spiked? Or, oh, hey, I have all these other cards in my hand, too, like Counterspell and, you know, uh, Forbid or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, it just It just feels inherently unfair to me. And I feel like it's it's even more. It makes the control decks and specifically the color blue uh, that much better. Which I I got to be honest, I don't think blue needs the help. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't doesn't really require extra support. I think I think in terms of I think it depends on how many games like are played. Honestly, like I think if it's a scenario where people are only able to play like one match or whatever, for example, I think I think those kinds of blowouts can have much more of a percentage wise effect. But I think if you play, if if it's like, you know, one match versus like ten, you know, if you play like you know ten rounds or whatever, ten match or drafts or whatever, I think the effect of stuff like that is definitely mitigated. But I think it's you know where the cases where you know you get blown out, it's like oh that that definitely sucks, and yeah, that definitely did suck. I, but, I also, but I feel like it's even unfair like playing something like mana mana uh, vault on turn three too, even out of a control deck, mm-hmm. because it's like you just do something along the line of okay turn three. This untap into, you know, worm coil engine with counterspell mana up, or, you know, play your Sphinx of Draw Isle that you can't target. That you know, unless you happen to be black and have one of the, uh, uh, what's his name's one of the edicts. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like they give they give those decks too much of an advantage. Like even even if you don't play them turn one, like just being able to jump ahead three turns is just such a ridiculous advantage. Um. That I, I don't know. I, I while I enjoyed it and I did enjoy cubing, you know, with you and with your cube and some of the sweet ass proxies that you have in there. Like I yeah. just, <laughs> I, I just felt like the whole, you know, when I would do stuff like it, I'm just like, well, I'm having fun, but you know, kind of. But 
you know, we all get to laugh that, you know, haha, I just nutted out on you turn two with a tinker for strings of steel wind or whatever. Like, I don't know if I'd want that to happen all the time in my drafts. You know what I mean? Or, or, I or even on a regular basis, you know? Like, I think that honestly depends. Like, I don't think it happens, like, if it were happening, like, on a consistent basis, like, a lot, then it would definitely be frustrating. Like, then I would probably not be a huge fan of it. But, I don't know, I, I tend to find it doesn't happen as often. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen, like, a ton. Like, mm-hmm. but, but, I don't know. That, that's I my reasoning behind it. Yeah. Like, I definitely think it's, most of those fast mana cards are definitely something, something awkward from the beginning of Magic when they really didn't know what they were doing. Right. And it's something that unfortunately has a kind of a lasting impact on Cube. And I think, like, I've heard argue, and it kind of reminds me of the arguments, like, uh, like against the Signets that some people have. It's like, well, it helps the non, the non-green decks are better, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I could get on the soapbox, but, you know, I think we're, we're going long enough anyway, so, I don't know. Well, I got I'm agree. sure we'll have plenty of time for soapboxes, but that's, that's why I don't like the fast mana. That's why I don't like to play with it. And all it did, you know, playing, you know, just that one draft where, right, you know, I played three matches or whatever. All it did was confirm to me why I don't like it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, I don't know. It was enjoyable, but it's not something, you know, it's kind of like visiting, I don't know. I was going to say kind of like visiting Detroit, but <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like visiting a place, you know, you know, the place where you say, you know, it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. That's kind of how I feel about it. Okay. Fair enough. So, well, that's what I got. I'm sure I'll find more cards to hate on in the future and maybe we can bring them up. And, uh, I got to say it was, it was great getting a chance to hang out with you this weekend in Memphis. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. I'm going to take some time and even though I'm not the one employed by them, guys, if you haven't had a chance to go out to the Star City Opens, uh, make it a point. They're, they're wonderful places. Um, the people there are all great, even if they are overweight and have facial hair. Um, <laughs> they, they're, they're great to go to. Everyone is super friendly. Like, even though there are, you know, pros there and, and sickos like Edgar Flores, who, you know, level five himself in, in three events, um, who may seem unapproachable. Literally everybody, you can talk to anybody. People are super friendly. The, the events are really well run. Um, if you guys know anything about drafting at all, you need to get into one of these draft opens. Um, they have, if you know about drafting, you have a really, really good shot at winning these, um, or making some money from them. Um, a guy unless, at our party, unless your eight, opponent plays a turn a four mana fog. <laughs> right, right, no. once, you get, once you get tilted by fogs, then you might want to you might want to save your money and and just come over and cube with us or or find the people who are cubing. But the trading is great, the cubing is great, just everything about the environments are great. They're they're doing them in in pretty good locations. Uh, I'll be at uh, the one in Atlanta on Sunday only. Uh, Saturday I will be busy. I'll probably be there in the morning, but not for any sort of extended shenanigans. Um, so I think that's the next one uh, I'll be attending, but make it a point to get out there for sure. Let's. Uh, well, oh, let's and before people. before I forget, congrats to uh, some, you know St. Louis local uh, Joy Mispagel for winning the one in Memphis. I for, totally forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, you the know, standard. Yeah, like uh, when we came there for Sunday, like you know I saw him in the parking lot. I was like, hey man, how you doing? I heard you made it to the finals. He's like, yeah. I'm like, how'd you do? And he shows me the trophy. I'm like. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway. It's always nice to 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 know people who are doing well and and, and kind of be able to sh- bask in their successful glow. You know, when you're when you're friends with them, it's it's always a good time. I know I'm just as happy 
pretty close to as happy when when friends of mine win things as, as to when I win them. So yeah, you know, I was pretty pumped awesome. when uh, when Adam won San Jose. So that was cool. Well, why don't you uh, let's uh, why don't we end it here and uh, why don't we tell people know where to contact us and where to send hate mail because they really like <laughs> needle. Or, or where can we get in the hate mail? Right, right. They should think they think I need to uh, die in a grease fire because I don't like it. Why don't you yeah. let them know where to contact us? Uh, our, our show email is uh, mtg the third power at gmail dot com, and you know we both access it. We you know email and whatever. So if you want to send a hate mail, we know we're both gonna watch, we're both gonna read it. I'll be right. like, yep. Attention jerk offs <laughs> or spam bots. Right. Uh, we're both on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is uh, Usman the Red, and mine is Anthony forty two A N T K N E E four two. You have your blog. Oh yeah, the blog. Uh, did you register by the way for for WordPress? I, I, I started it and then like I don't know like my cat like kamikazed off the top of the refrigerator and I got up <laughs> to to look at something and and I wound up never going back to it. But yes, I will be doing that soon because uh, I, I think we have hit 100% cube pimpness, cube foiliness, and I would like to uh, to retake some pictures and and show it off to people how. Awesome, I think I am, I guess. <laughs> and that was one of the things I didn't notice. You know, like I saw your cube, I'm like, wow, everything's... It's like uh, Staborski's common cube. It's like, everything's foil. And I think I have, like, a, a proxy, and I've got, like, so much stuff proxied. Like, I think I think about half of my cube is proxied. Like, I ended up counting when it's about half, but, you know, it's pretty awesome. It's like... Yeah, like, I, was, I was glad to relieve you of your blood braid elf proxy this weekend. Let me just say that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that. sweet... That was a that was a good feeling. So yep. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, ah, I think I think that's about it for now. I mean, we can. Uh, there'll be a poll. Oh, uh, thread yeah. on uh, thread well. MTD Salvation's Cube Forum. Yep. We'll probably be bumping that. Be like, hey, uh, here's some cards we hate. Uh, dog pile. Oh, oh, I'm sure that's we'll we'll be getting some hate mail from there for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, for sure. You all suck. And I, and I didn't even mention the card, the, the, probably the, the biggest salt, you know, salt in the wound card for people that people love and I can't stand. Ugh, we'll have to get to that another time. Yeah, definitely. I definitely am wanting to do a, a hate episode part two. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's all I can really think of. Uh, Alright, man. Well, uh, it seems like there's only one thing left to do here. That's right. Rock all I gotta London. say is. Nope. Oh. Was that? Oh my god. I <laughs> jumped the gun. Thought. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Stronghold. It's safer outside. See y'all next week, everybody. Yeah, see y'all next week. Peace.